Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome to the 85th episode of the most awarded Nuggets podcast in English that is hosted from the Central European time zone. Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets' Serbian Corner. We are flying high right now with me, your host Miroslav Cuk. High as a kite, as some might say, but you should know that recreational marijuana is still illegal in Serbia, so no funny business on this podcast. We've seen four Nuggets games this week, so let's go straight to them so this monologue doesn't take too long. The expert of making schedule excuses in me will tell you that the good guys were on the last game of a three in four nights in San Francisco early this week, with both Jamal and KCP being questionable to play due to legs and hand injuries that have been bothering them for a while. Despite that, the entire team played, The Warriors threw everything they had, except the efficient night from Steph. You don't get that every night. But the Nuggets repelled all they had and answered with a brilliant second half. Jamal was great, AG was unstoppable, and Nikola... Well, Nikola had 32, 16, 16, and 4 steals. If you would divide his numbers by 4, he'd still have 8, 4, 4, and 1, And that's what we call filling the stat sheet all over. Yeah, that's how good he was. It was a reminder game to the Warriors front office that seventh straight loss probably means they should break up this old core and try something else. By the way, they won a bunch of games outside of this one, but they just cannot do anything against the Nuggets. Uh, One last detail I don't want to forget. Zeke Nadji played well for the third straight game, this time against an actual NBA team after Washington and Portland. And he played his second stint at the four, both next to Nikola and next to Aaron. It warmed my heart. I hope Calvin Booth will prove me wrong for the millionth time, eventually, with Zeke. Next uh, three-day break, the champions uh, started... Uh, a new set of three in four nights at home versus the impenetrable Sacramento Kings in the ball arena. Well, that statement was correct before the famous text message by Nikola Jokic to his teammates right after the All-Star game. Uh, The Nuggets blew the Kings out of the arena. Nikola scored the least points among all the starters on his team and also failed to deliver another triple dozen. Only 14 points, 14 rebounds, 11 assists were good enough only 
for a sombre dozen, 24th of his career. Here's the all-time uh, all leaderboard for sombre dozens. Nikola holds the fifth position, firmly getting closer to number four, LeBron James. Slide. Oh, sorry, I wasn't supposed to read that word. I pulled uh, Maria Sofia there. Anyway, the Kings started great, scored 47 points in the first 16 minutes of game time, led by 15, but that was all she wrote. Enter Jokic, KCP, MPJ and Gordon, immediate 28-4 run. After that, Jamal was little, dancing on the court, and the Nuggets' defense in the last three quarters was overwhelming, so we saw a munder, which is something as rare in 2024 NBA as superstar dev staying to the end of the live show that includes fans sharing hot takes after a takeover. The Kings scored only 49 points in the last 32 minutes of this game. KCP was dominating with his threes and his Ds. Aaron was testing how well the baskets were made, so the foxless Kings had no chance. Next, on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, without travel, to be fair, it was the recreation of last year's finals versus Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. There was no Tyler Hero in this game, and at this point, you gotta ask yourself if he even exists. Also, no legend of Nuggets trade rumors Kevin Love, and the Nuggets were complete. Well, until the three-minute mark in the second quarter when Jamal stepped on Gordon's foot and injured his ankle. It was a tough, gritty game. The champs got to a big lead to start, but the heat kept creeping back in. That was a solid team, and it will be a big pleasure to play them against in the, again in the finals. Jokic had an inefficient night and also broke his triple-double streak. MPJ, on the other hand, was phenomenal, leaving his mark on both sides of the court. Fifth straight win. Lastly, last night, a visit to the place where history was made many times, the Crypto.com Arena. <laughs> Boy, that sounded completely made up. My buddy Jeremy Polly is going to hate me for saying this, but the NBA franchises will take anyone's money. So don't be surprised if we visit the Lucifer Arena in a year or two. These games versus Lakers are getting kind of boring. The L's give you their best shot, hang around for 45 minutes, and then get smacked by the insanely efficient offense and clutch defense of the NBA champions. This time around, the home team implemented a great strategy of hitting first 12 out of 16 shots to get an early 10-ish points lead. The Nuggets had seven guys that played on the high level, no KCP in this game, so Christian Brown got the start and was good next to the regular starters, but it was the fireman, Justin Holiday who was in the closing lineup and was sensational. Had incredible energy of Peyton Watson, and we don't have to spend too much time on Zeke Nagy last night. Let's, let's leave it at that. MPJ had a perfect double-double with 10 of 10 from the field, and Jokic dropped a casual 35 points on everybody but AD, who was running away from that matchup like a headless chicken. Okay, that was way too long of a rant for me. I apologize to both the audience and my guest who has been patiently waiting in the lobby. He is one of the true OGs of the Nuggets modern coverage, one of the most prominent Denver Stiffs, and you can read his recaps and previews there still. He has recorded so many bangers of podcasts during the last decade that 
I wouldn't know where to start explaining, including those he hosts in present time with the Terence Hill to his Bud Spencer, Mr. Zach Mikash on the Denver Stiffs show. It's Gordon G. Money Nugs Gross. Welcome back to the show, Gordon. How you doing, Miroslav? <laughs> Very well. And and I, I've heard you had a great night, night last night. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, we were out at number 38 with a bunch of Denver Stiffs just getting together and getting to watch the Lakers lose. And, you know, I, there's never anything wrong with that. When you have two watch parties, two Denver Nuggets watch parties at the same time in Denver, you know the team is doing something And right. they're both stacked. Like, yeah. that. the team is doing great. The fans are doing great. We're doing victory laps. I, I am happy to see just how well-received the Nuggets are now and how much um, credit they get from both their fan base and that they're starting to get from other fan bases. The oh, Lakers the way- fan bases are, are starting to just be like, look, we can't, we can't hang with you. You're like, it's no more, no more of this. You guys got lucky. It's yeah, we don't, we don't have it. So that's, that's fun to see. I have to say the Lakers fan base has, has been a revelation to me. I always used to say that it's the dumbest, you know, fan base because it's, you know, when you you're always winning, there's no reason for you to become a f- smart fan. But man, I've seen some really, you know, uh, reflecting uh, guys from the from the Lakers uh, part of universe recently. Oh, yeah. So I, I have to say we've seen some some really uh, uh, swell an- analysis from their side. Well, and the problem with the problem with the Lakers is that because their bandwagon is so huge because they've won so much, you do you have a large contingent of fans who don't know nothing except the Lakers are the best and everyone else sucks. And then you have a bunch of guys who've been watching a bunch of basketball, really good basketball for a very long time so they know what really good basketball should look like, how it works on the court, and when they're not getting it, they know that too. So you get both sides of that with the with the Lakers fans. So so tell me, how how did your G Money Nugs nickname become a thing? I have always been G Money since I was in high school. Like Gordon is not a that is the name of a much older generation of person. I was named after my grandfather, so no one in my school was named Gordon. Like no, I I kept getting called Corey by people who didn't understand. Like I would say Gordon, and they're trying to come up with a real person name. That sounds like that. So uh, I just went by G a lot. So I got G and G money and whatever. Um, and so I just added the nugs for the nuggets after it. And that's that's where the handle was from for the Denver Nuggets uh, Twitter. By the way, that G money nugs is the reason I force nicknames on people. So Brendan Vote <laughs> is now B dog. Adam, nice. Adam Maris is going to be A train next time he comes on the show. That's, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, Adam and, will and, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, hatred. And Andy Jewett is probably going to become the A Jew. Uh, well, that I'm not sure that's going to work for you. Some yeah. workshopping still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> second, second take on that one, I think. Okay, so, Gordon, I have the notifications turned on for your every tweet for many years. And those tweets are way less annoying than those of Vogue and Shams announcing which former three stars recruit from Delaware Penguins <laughs> is going to become the third two-way guy on the Detroit Pistons. This is why I'm pretty confident that you are super confident in Denver Nuggets repeating this season if, and that's a big if, so if they can be completely healthy when the playoffs start. 
Oh yeah. Am I am I run right? I was I was I was big on that last year. I wasn't I said I was afraid of no one before the playoffs started. Because the Nuggets, if healthy, and they were healthy at the time, like they I feared no one. And I was right. And this year I expect the same thing. Um, I've seen all these teams try to close out games, and I see the Nuggets close out games. And I'm sorry, the Nuggets just know what to do. They know where to be. They know where each other is going to be. And they take the shots that they want to take at the end of games. And they make you take the shots that they want you to take at the end of games. And I don't I don't see enough teams with enough offensive and defensive um, clutch finishing to match up with Denver when it matters. There may be some close games. There may even be some close series. But when it matters, I still expect the Nuggets to – top everybody and come out with another title as long as they can keep Jamal and KCP and those guys, you know, on track to be in the, in the playoffs, healthy ish, ish managed healthy. No, that, that, that's an interesting point because I want to ask, and I, I know this is kind of annoying to compare this to last year's team, but would you say that last year's team had a bit more leeway when injuries were included with, you know, Bruce Brown, operating as the de facto sixth starter um, on that team? I, I, or, I think, or is it different yeah. because of defense this year? Um, They're just built differently. Like, uh, Bruce Brown was not what I would call a, uh, you know, an all-world defender. He, he, he was an offensive spark plug. And he was inconsistent during the regular season. People forget that, yes, it turned out to be a strength to have him as the sixth man, but in February and March, it didn't look that way. Like he, he had not hit his stride yet either with the role that he was going to have to play for this team in the championship. So uh, in the playoffs, um, I think these starters are even better together now than they were last year. Um, and so I think the difference between them and the bench has grown but I don't know that the bench necessarily got a bunch worse. It's just that from a creating offense perspective, they're still going to struggle with that because um, all they have for a bench creation is Reggie, really. Um, and the way that Reggie plays requires like a real center would help. And so you have to play him with DeAndre. They're not doing that right now. Uh, and so it's it's creating, I think, problems for Reggie's game. Um, that he wouldn't have with another real center in the game. Yeah, so. we, we, we will get to each each player, and we'll actually start with the big guy because I often forget to mention him in the in the shows, <laughs> which is pretty dumb. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm making a concentrated effort to start the shows with him. So in these last six games since the All Star break, Nicola recorded four triple doubles, four straight actually, averaged. 25, 14, 12 with two steals and one block, 68% true shooting, plus 30 net rating, and with only 26% usage. Is that all? Is that all he did? I mean, I guess that seems okay. (laughs) I mean, you know, if you're going to have a good week and a half or whatever, two weeks, that seems decent. (laughs) So his text message right after the All-Star game obviously lit the fire under the Nuggets legs and with the Timberwolves, Thunder, Clippers and Suns all playing each other tonight, it's pretty conceivable they could get to the number one seed sooner rather than later. 
let's start with with Nicolas casual dominance he seems really determined to get his team in the right place before the playoffs do you agree yeah and it's i don't know what the break did for him personally because he didn't even get a break he had to go to the all-star game and you know he got a couple days off where he wasn't having to perform really hard but i i was surprised that he came out of the break as strong as he did um but yeah, whatever motivation or rest he found during the break, he has been on a tear and every game has had his attention. Um, he, he was a little inefficient against the Heat, but it's not that the Heat didn't have his attention. He was involved in every play of that game. Uh, so yeah, he's just been immaculate, just been in a, on an amazing streak. And I, I honestly expect that to continue. Yeah, what's funny to me when he talks about the All Star games, he he says he loves those because right. they give him opportunity to to run a bit. Like he doesn't want to get too lazy for a full week. He wants to get his cardio in, and the All Star <laughs> game is perfect for that. Yeah, no, not yet. Up and down the court. <laughs> yep. Well, he he likes just hanging out with other guys. Yeah. Um, and not and enjoying the like semi-basketball it's there's basketball happening but he doesn't have to mentally grind for all-star weekend that's not a thing that's happening he can mess around with luca in shootouts and you know they can they can just play around have fun go out for drinks and then they'll eventually jog up and down a court for a while and do some basketball stuff it's fine could you see him using that influence he obviously has uh, on on his fellow all stars to to one day you know lure some of them maybe on the on the back end of their careers when they're not you know so dominant as they are today to 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 eventually become the nuggets and you know uh, form some kind of a uh, what's the name for that like the 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 team of of uh, uh, hired guns <laughs> to, to to gun for more championships, like I for mean, the second second repeat, for instance. I I could see someone like Paul George signing up in his later thirties to go ahead and be a bench player in the way that Jeff Green was for Denver. I could see that happening. Um, I mean, he's getting so much respect around the league right now that if it worked out, the problem the Nuggets have is they don't have any money. Like that's you're you know you can't the way that the the uh, NBA salary cap is structured now you can't just go out and grab guys the way you used to be able to so they kind of have to come to you on vet minimums um, and so it's going to make it harder for the Nuggets especially when they're on the second apron to make that stuff happen um, for anybody who's still even near their prime. So yeah, I uh, if that happens for me, that's going to be something like Paul George or you know whoever showing up to say, uh, I I still didn't get that ring. I still want it. Um, you're, you know, I I can make the difference for this team. You know, let's go, let's go win another one. And the, the Nuggets, I absolutely think are going to be a um, a favorite for those kind of players in a couple years when the guys that now respect Nicola are going to be ready to try to win the ring they haven't been able to win yet. We need to take a break uh, really soon, but I have to ask you one more thing about Nicola. We've seen him last night 
versus the Lakers, they were almost exclusively guarding him, you know, with Rui Hachimura and AD yep. uh, lurking from from the from the side. But but Nikola just took that and said, "Okay, I am going to I'm going to make my moves so far away from AD that he's not going to do anything <laughs> right. in these possessions." So, do you see him completely uh uh, eliminating that kind of solution against him for the other teams too? Uh, it's really hard to play good help side lurk defense with Jokic. He knows where you are. And the second that you clear, you saw um, Aaron Gordon get dunks off of that, yeah. where Jokic is like, oh, I'm going to make you think this is a shot. It's not going to be a shot. Because Aaron Gordon and I saw each other, and he's going up for the easy you know, alley-oop that I'm throwing him right now. I, you cannot give Nikola any, uh, any coverage he hasn't seen. And the more that he sees you do it, the more he knows all of the intricacies in which you play it. That's why it's so hard to beat him in a seven game series. How many guys do you have? You can throw at him. You know, he already demolished golden state a couple games ago, you know, and Draymond in, um, the first couple games of their playoff series a couple years ago was tough on him for a couple of games. And then Nicola solved it and was uh, he was just running wild on the Warriors who were lucky to escape Denver and to have had Denver have two injured guys when they won their last title. Because otherwise, yeah, that would have been a much tougher series. And now he, he handles Golden State's defense like it's nothing. So I, I really don't think there's anything that um, you can throw at him from those sorts of coverages that works consistently from any coverage. You have to do a bunch of things, which means you have to have a really good defense and a really good plan. Um, and I guess we're going to find out if somebody like Minnesota could come up with something because I don't know that anybody else has the personnel. Yeah, you mentioned Nikola and and uh, and Aaron Gordon just noticing each other on the court. It's like, it's it's Dean week. So so it's like Paul Atreides and Jessica communicating just with their fingers. Right. Like they, can, they have their own language. They 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 can understand each each other and do much more, much more impressive stuff. But let's let's wait for Dune too for both of us to watch <laughs> and then and then <laughs> spoil it for, for everybody else. <laughs> soon, very soon. Okay, let's let's take a short break and then we'll uh, continue with the rest of the guys on the team. Don't go anywhere. Okay, we will leave Jamal for last. So let's talk about Aaron Gordon first. He seems stronger and more polished than ever. Incredible hands, top-level basketball IQ. He has a matchup advantage uh, against almost every team. And the Nuggets always seems to deliver uh, the, the fatal blow to their foes with his alley-oops derived from the best two-man game in known universe. Right. What did you see from from Aaron recently? He's been so good, um, both defensively um, and just from a uh, getting to his spot on the floor kind of perspective. Watching uh, him drive and get up uh, shots on the Kings was unbelievably great. Um, forcing guys into the basket, under the basket, grabbing rebounds. He's just so strong. Um, and last year he had to fight through the shoulder thing that doesn't seem to be bothering him this year. And you can see just how strong he is 
um, and how much he knows where he's going um, and where he needs to be on the court to be effective with both the starters. And now that he's rotating a bunch with some bench guys too, he's starting to make that work as well. Um, like if there's one thing I would hope that Zeke Naji would learn how to do, it's to position himself the way that Aaron Gordon positions himself. You know, uh, Peyton Watson also. I want Peyton Watson to understand, you know, where to take shots from, where to attempt layups from. You know, AG is always shielding himself with the basket. He's using the hoop as extra defense against anyone trying to block his shot. You know, he goes up strong for rebounds um, and second chance points. Just, I have really enjoyed watching him play bully ball these last couple weeks. He also came back from the break determined, definitely determined to go um, make his mark and, and wouldn't, uh, he's, he's approaching everything with forward momentum. He's not retreating at all. We're not going to talk a lot about Zeke on this show, but since you already mentioned him, uh, you know, learning from, from AG, what do you realistically expect from him developmentally uh, speaking? You know, he's 24 already. It's it's hard to say because the problem with Zeke is they've been playing him out of position for two plus years. He's not a center. You cannot play him as a center. He doesn't have a center's game. He doesn't have a center's gravity. Like he doesn't have the body for it. He gets pushed under the rim by guys like Andre Drummond all the time. Like that is not his game. He he should be a stretch four, but his shot got broken by his shot doctor. And so he doesn't have his outside shot that he used to have, but he's always hustling. The guy tries really hard, but I just want them to put him next to a center all the time so that he's not trying to do center stuff. Do not let him play the five. And then maybe you'll get something out of him in this contract you gave him because he's a four. Uh, he's a power forward. Um, he's got good. Ha- uh, he's got good hands defensively. He needs to work on them offensively, but he's got good hands defensively. He's got quick feet defensively. Like it, it, he should be able to do more than he's doing right now. So I'm glad to see his hustle still there. But I, unless they they commit to playing him as the backup four, I I don't know that he's going to get the reps to get significantly better at what they need him to be better at, um, and to to make an actual impact on this team. Yeah, and he really was good against Golden State in that second he when game. he was playing playing yeah. at the four. Yeah. yeah. Okay, MPJ time. So. I don't think it's a hyperbole to say MPJ is playing the best basketball of his NBA career right now. He's great. He he rebounds like a madman. He's super unselfish, moves the ball well. He's going to the two-point jumpers a lot more often than I remember. And that reminds me actually of, of Kevin Durant and his uh, inevitableness, if that's a word. Yeah. And his shot is wet as my T-shirt after playing pickup basketball <laughs> for two hours on Saturdays. So add to that the most impressive thing to me, and that's his elite activity on defense. Pour some cold water on me at any point when you recognize I'm getting carried away by how Can't. good the team looks right now. Can't. He, they've been great. And uh, MPJ, I mean, he had a couple of games where his shot wasn't falling, but he was still out there grabbing rebounds. Um, he had a game where uh, his defense, I don't know what he was thinking. He was in just in the wrong spot. He was just having a bad game. But he, he doesn't carry that game to game either. 
He cleans the brain. He says, look, that's fine. And then goes out. He had a, a terrific block down the stretch um, against uh, Anthony Davis, uh, against the Lakers. He's throwing assists in from the three-point line to Jokic in the paint, which I think is and, – and Aaron Gordon as well, which I think is interesting. Um, he's had like three or four assists the last couple games. Um, he's showing good hands. He's He's moving more on offense, which means that I know his body's feeling better. Um, but he's not just standing in a corner because his body's, you know, hurting and he just can't move right now. Um, he's not just waiting for the shot. Uh, and when his outside shot isn't dropping, then he's, like you said, he's working on some mid-range stuff. He's got a push floater going on that I, it, it's not really there yet, but I'm happy that he's working on it because it means that he's making plans to get to the rim. And that opens up so many things when guys can't just close out on you as hard as you would think because they know you're going to go right by them and go get some points. So, no, MPJ, I agree with you, is playing some of the best basketball of his career and um, fitting a role. But also, whenever someone like Jamal is hurting, uh, MPJ is there ready to pick up the slack. And I, I really enjoy the fact that he can go between being the third option to the second option. Um, and then with the bench, uh, getting some, they've been doing some uh, pick and pop, pick and roll stuff with him and Jamal, which I think is great. He's 6'10". Yes. Work off of him for a screen and then give him the ball back. That's fine. I think that's interesting. The Nuggets are still working on some wrinkles. They're still not where they're eventually going to be. They're still getting better with the chemistry and the work between all their stars. And I think that's great. So so let, let's count the guys we've mentioned so far. So you have Nikola Jokic and Aaron Gordon who are more cerebral than ever. Right. And also, also, you know, like physically dominant guys. Then you have MPJ playing his best basketball so far. So we are really on, on that pathway of having the starting five that was the brilliant start, starting five from last season's championship that's actually getting better. And and maybe even maybe maybe not even uh, slightly better. It might be uh, significantly better than last year. So let's go to the next guy, KCP. So he missed the last game versus the Lakers, and his absence was really felt, especially in the first half. Yeah. Austin Reeve, Austin Reeves and LeBron James were able to do whatever they wanted out of pick and roll. Before that game, KCP has made 11 threes in five games on 45% efficiency and played elite defense against some pretty good players. Finger injuries usually don't linger for a long time. Am I wrong on that? Uh, it's uh, You're looking at a few weeks, yeah. So um, would, you, would you recommend him, you know, skipping some games? Does that help at all? It's, it seems eh, not really. He's not gonna, probably going to make it worse. Um, and so for him, it's just a pain tolerance thing. Um, as long as the doctors have, have cleared him to, you know, that he, that he won't make it worse, that it's not a ligament problem or something. Um, but no, for KCP, he's been so good recently. Another guy who just, you know, decided to start making shots. His hand is injured. I don't care. I'm going to make shots anyway. Like I, it's been, it's been amazing, um, to see the, the nuggets come out. Um, and everyone just buckled down at the exact same time. Like you said, apparently that, that Jokic text really, uh, paid off because everybody is fully 100% focused. 
So I, uh, whatever the personal matter is for KCP, I hope everything's fine because he's been terrific so far. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that when he comes back, he'll be hitting the same, same level he's been at since the break. Um, cause yeah, uh, like you said, defense on point, he was shutting down Steph, uh, making it t- tough on the Warriors, every possession. And yes, Austin Reeves would not have done anything against, against KCP. That's not going to happen. Yeah. The Lakers didn't have uh, where to hide Austin Reeves with, with the Nuggets' huge front court. Like every switch was a dead sentence to them. It's just, it's, it's so wonderful when you have the other team with some guys who are really good offensively, but are complete, complete holes on defense. And right. then you just exploit them because they cannot afford not playing those guys. Well, it, that's, that's what they it ran sounds into. like, like the old nuggets. Right. <laughs> squad, yes. Right? Yeah. That's a, that is exactly how it used to be. Um, and uh, the Lakers, especially, you know, they've got um, two guards that you, you can't necessarily um, rely on down the stretch to get any stops. But the problem is they also need offense because if you can't stop anybody, you better score, you know? And right now uh, the Nuggets, everybody they have can get stops. Well, maybe not Jamal with his bad wheel right now, but everybody else can get stops when they want to. They can um, score when they want to. Whereas with D'Angelo Russell, um, you're not going to get that. He's a, He's one side of the ball player. Austin Reeves is currently a one side of the ball player. Like with some steals, but there's, there's not a lot that you can do with those squads in clutch time. And that's why the nuggets have to be favored in uh, any of these kind of uh, late season or playoff situations late in the games. They have guys who can make shots. They have guys who can get stops both sides every time. And uh, there's almost no other team in the league that can say they have that one through five. Exactly, exactly. And you, you might say that KCP is not significantly better than last season, but he's definitely not worse than last season. He's he, not worse. He, he's, he's maintaining <laughs> a really, really high standard of, of like perfect plug and play, you know, guy that if you have four great guys on your team, you're going to love him as a fifth guy on that. that yes, as, as the fifth guy, he's amazing. Um, and it's, uh, he might be more than that if you didn't have those guys, but the thing is Denver has four great guys and KCP is willing to just play all caliber, all NBA defense while also getting up a few shots and, and making his threes and, you know, finishing steals. Like he takes his opportunities when they come in the same way that Aaron Gordon reduced his offensive output to be a winner and fit a role. I would feel like KCP has done some of the same stuff. He could do more on a lesser team, but why wouldn't you want to win titles? And right now, the Nuggets are all about winning titles, and I love that. Yeah. Let's take one more short break, and then we'll get to the favorite subject of everybody, and that's the youngsters. Don't go anywhere. Okay, time for Peyton Watson and Christian Brown. So, Piwat is in a bit of a scoring slump, you could say so. He has less than six points per game in about 17 minutes in last uh, six games. Defense has been pretty elite, though. And Christian Brown is at five points in 21 minutes, but nobody expects big scoring numbers from him. But his defense has been finally pretty, pretty good 
recently. What, what have you right. seen from the from the young duo? Um. Well, uh, Peyton Watson had a game where it was not. He got benched because of the game because he he blew he blew a dunk he messed up uh, a few things in a row and uh, wound up um, riding the pine the rest of that game because he squandered four or six points for the Nuggets. Um, but that's about focus, uh, and he's a young. This is still basically his rookie year. Like, yes, he played like five games last year or whatever, but this is a full rookie season and he has grown by leaps and bounds. I I love his game. I love what he brings on the court. The blocks and the help defense have been spectacular and he hasn't been shooting that much recently. So it's not necessarily that his shot isn't going down. It's that he's not taking shots. Now, maybe he should be taking shots and he's passing them up. And that's that's the problem we were having with Christian Brown also is that those guys are not fully confident in their ability to bury shots off the bench um, for those units. When they do get to that point, it's going to make the Nuggets that much better because they won't hesitate to pull the trigger. You need them to be like KCP, where when it's there and it's your shot, you don't hesitate, you just take it. Um, But you're not hunting a shot that maybe you shouldn't be hunting. And that's what they're looking for from those two guys. Um, and, but I, I'm with you on Christian. I, I really liked him stepping up on defense and making multiple actions, recoveries, like rather than just one attempt and then somebody gets by him, he has been hounding people. And I, again, KCP like, and I appreciate that, um, giving out the energy that you need him to give, uh, on that end of the floor. So both of those guys defensively, I haven't had a lot of qualms with and offensively, um, Brown has been coming back and Watson, I think is just, he's just young. It's hard. It's hard being a rookie in the NBA. It's hard having a first full season. And now you're finally on the scouting report, you know, Uh, whereas before nobody knew who you were. So you're not on the scouting report, but you start stuffing some blocks and you get on the scouting report real quick. So I think both those guys are still learning. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think either of them are going to be replacing KCP soon. They, so they... what do you feel about, uh, Peyton's patented uh, turnaround jumper from just outside of the, the paint area? He's been hitting it, uh, on a pretty, uh, consistent basis recently. Do you think that's a shot he can take, uh, take in the playoffs or, or, is he going to get a chance to to take that those kind of shots? Oh, he's going to play. I I they they're going to have they have to play. His defense is so good. They have to play him. So yeah, he's going to get the shot for that. He's going to get that. That's fine. He knows how to make that shot. So I'm fine with it. What I don't want him to do is trying to take guys off the dribble. Um, you know, crossover, one-handed windmill dunk stuff. Like I know he sees it in his head, but he can't do it on the court. So I want him to to do high percentage finishes. That's another reason I want him to focus on Aaron Gordon, who sometimes does crazy dunks, but for the most part, hits layups, putbacks, two-handed flushes. That's it. We're just making sure the ball goes in the hoop. And that's what I want from Peyton. Don't get flashy. Put the ball in the hoop. That's that's your job. Don't get on you get on highlight types with wins. Don't get it trying to get on highlight tapes with failed dunks. That's just not a good place. Okay, so uh, let's treat this show as as a 
treatment to drug addicts. So let's not uh, fly too high. Let's let's move to Reggie Jackson now. And he's pretty tough to evaluate. He had almost, we had almost zero expectations from him before the season. Then he had incredible games as a starter next to Nicola when, when Jamal was injured. And right. even that one uh, Nicola-less game when he and DJ went back to 2016 or something and completely dominated against the Clippers, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So, so yep. recently, though, just six points on 35% from the field and 19% for three. Now, you mentioned it's because he doesn't play with DJ, but I, I don't think DJ is going to play in the playoffs. So how confident are you that nope. Reggie can be reliable in the playoffs, like in only eight uh, weeks from now? The other problem that they have is that he's playing with Jamal and he and Jamal don't really complement each other's games, especially when Jamal's hurting. Um, neither of them wants to be the guy who's the on ball point of attack defender. Um, and neither of them, like they're, they're both kind of ball dominant. They dribble a lot. Um, and that, that's a problem that Reggie has where he's used to being on ball, but if he gets the ball with eight seconds to go, I know he's not giving it up. He's going to just dribble, 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 take a shot. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, but I wouldn't say that's the most efficient use of that play is to run 30 or 40% of the clock off and then heave something. Um, and so I, I keep hoping that um, they will split his minutes and Jamal's minutes so that there are other options on the court. They've started using Aaron Gordon, um, but he, uh, Reggie doesn't play a lot with Aaron Gordon at the center. They're not used to that. So I think some of it is that Reggie did play a lot early in the season. Um, and I was hoping the break was going to be good for him. Uh, um, but I, I don't think the break is what he needed. Uh, so I, I'm not sure how much they're going to be able to rely on him in the playoffs because he can be attacked as a defender, um, but they need a reliable creator. They need someone who can create, pass, distribute, get the ball back, run a pick and roll, you know, and in theory, Reggie is that guy. He's just not being that guy right now. Uh, and that, that concerns me. Yeah, we have a super chat we need to get to from Jay Rich. I'm guessing uh, it's Jason Richardson, big fan. Thank you. So just saw a shop called Sombor Stables on Etsy with Jokic Horse basketball merch. Okay, nice. check, check, check it out, people. That sounds really interesting. Okay, got to talk a, a bit about the fireman. Justin Holiday enters rotation whenever one of the guys is out and there have been a lot of those games recently he has played in all of these last six games right. five points in 12 minutes per game not a lot but 55 47 shooting splits he last is night, shooting the lights out yeah yeah he, he, last night he even he didn't uh, settle for jumpers he had the clutch layup he made from himself uh, uh, in yes. the last minute would you go as far to say he might be more reliable than Reggie as a playoff piece right now? I th That's the thing. is in, in the playoffs, if you're playing um, uh, Jamal, uh, the bench minutes, and you, know, you, don't, you don't have um, a stagger with Jamal and Reggie together, Justin Holiday is bigger. He's used to being off ball. He's, he's an off wing. 
He doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to do stuff. He's making shots. He's playing defense. He's out there fighting for rebounds. He's playing smart heads-up basketball. Yeah, I like him as an off-ball guy for a playoff position, for sure. Like, I would rather that they play Reggie with Jokic for the last stint of, say, the first quarter and then bring Jamal back in, not with Reggie, and you can play with Justin Holiday or someone else and try and get some extra minutes that way where you don't have confusion about who's supposed to be running the plays and who's on ball, who's off ball. I like it better that way. So I am curious to see how Malone's going to handle that because Justin Holiday's making it tough. He was always just the extra guy, but he seems to have a lot left in the tank. He's making plays when he's supposed to, and he stays out of the way when he's not. He doesn't make mistakes. He he. If he doesn't make a positive play that you see in the box score, he's certainly not making negative plays that you're noticing all over the film. So anybody who's playing without making a lot of negative plays really raises my eyebrows on the bench for sure. That makes me very interested. When you scale up the, the starters' minutes to 38, 40 minutes per game in the playoffs, then you see that you really don't need that much from playoffs. If you have non-Jokic minutes with Jamal and and uh, Aaron Gordon leading the charge, right. possibly MPJ with them too, then you can just fill in the blanks. And you have some really nice blanks to right. use in, in Piwat and Christian and p- potentially uh, potentially Justin as well. Okay, let's take uh, one last break and then we'll have some Jamal Murray talk. Don't go anywhere. Okay, last guy I want to talk about, of course, is Jamal Murray. 21 and 6 in the last five games. Pretty average numbers for him. But on 57, 50, 89 shooting splits. Like he's not missing anything. No. I think I think he would have been even more efficient last night if his ankle wasn't bothering him. I think I saw it in a couple of shots that he, he probably would have made those two. So how did he look to you recently? And what would be your advice on how to handle his ankle and his shims? and everything else about his legs until the playoffs. Well, they're not listening to my advice because I I didn't want him playing any back-to-backs at all. Um, And then they put him out there for the back-to-back. He rolled his ankle, and then they put him back out there against L.A. Now, I understand that players determine that more than necessarily coaches. If you're hurting but you're not injured, then that's kind of a player call. And you know Jamal wanted to play in the LeBron 40K game in, you know, in the Lakers and spoil that. You know he wanted to do that. You know, Mamba's his favorite player. So you know that Jamal wanted to go to L.A. But putting one on L.A. makes his smile, like, the whole time. So I get that he wanted to play that. But at some point, the Nuggets are going to have to override both Malone's competitive instincts and Jamal's competitive instincts. Because shin splints don't go away in a week. Like, they have to manage him. And because he's still playing on them, you have to manage them the rest of the time. He's not going to be better for the playoffs. He, he'll still be dealing with it. So you need to make sure that he's not limping around the court. You need to make sure that he can run up and down the court. The way that he ran up and down the court, you know, the first game out of the break. 
first couple games out of the break, he was running maniac, but they gave him that extra day off. So I, I want them to start finding breaks, you know, for him to uh, play maybe two games a week instead of four. Like you can't, you can't be playing him four games a week. That's just not a good idea. So especially with the rolled ankle and Jamal, even when they asked him about it, he didn't say the ankle's fine. He, he kind of smiled and was like, yes, that sucked, but I was out there playing anyway. Uh, that's great. You're a warrior. We love you, buddy. I don't want you doing that in early March. I want you doing that in June. In June, if you roll an ankle, I get it. You got to play, you know, but you don't have to play right now. So the Nuggets need to take a very much more proactive stance about getting him uh, the rest he needs to maintain his level of pain and, and be able to play through instead of making it so that he can't play through and then he has to take an extended period of time off. That's what you don't want. Yeah. Well, the good news is they cannot play him in back-to-backs in the next yeah, I know, six right? weeks yeah, because thankfully. they have only only one set of back-to-back games and I believe it's at the very end of the season and of course the second night will be against Minnesota possibly for number one seed. Yeah. NBA is so dumb, man. Like like what? I don't Why? understand. Every every great game the Nuggets have had, every important game feels like it's been on a back-to-back this year. I don't know what's going on, but it's been terrible. Yeah. So, are you optimistic that we can see top-level Jamal from the jump in the playoffs, or do yes. you do you see him, you know, shaping in a bit like he did last year against Minnesota when he wasn't that great? Um, no, I, I expect that they should be able to get him the time off in between games that they should be able to do maintenance. If they don't, that's a, that's a self-created problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, no, I, I expect Murray to be good to go, especially because he's going to get a break while they're doing the play-in games. You know, he'll have a few days off from the end of the season, regardless so from the jump on on game one of the first series, um, I expect him to be ready. Whether he needs to play that hard to win those games is a different question. Uh, he should not have to because the Nuggets should be a top two seed, you know. But if they're not, I guess there's more of a concern there. But um, the Nuggets themselves should be able to handle whatever they get in the first round without Jamal having to pull 40 minutes and make 25 shots a game or something. Like, that shouldn't be what's required. Okay, let's let's pull out our crystal balls now, and uh, it's it's a phrase we're not pulling anything out. So, this is the Western Conference uh, standings right now. Yep, a couple of hours before some of the games, uh, interesting games are going to happen. So, I've I've made tiers of teams right now. I'm only talking about the top ten teams because after the Lakers, there's a huge drop off to number eleven. So nobody is gonna is going to get into that uh, playing race, uh, however uh, uh, not interesting it is. So you see that Denver is third right now, but only half game behind Timberwolves and tied in games behind column, uh, in the games behind uh, column with the Thunder, with two games played more than them. The Clippers have only one more loss, but also three less games played. So, 
it's they're like what three three games behind. Can you see any of the teams from below four getting into the race for top four seeds? No, they'd have to play perfect basketball down the stretch. I don't I don't see it. Yeah, and those teams are not very perfect, right? Well, and we're not talking about it's not like the Clippers lost everybody to injury recently. It's not like they had a 76er problem where Embiid got injured and they plummeted. That's not what's happening to any of the teams in the top of the West. So no, I don't I don't think I think the top four, I think home court for the first round is decided currently. And it's just a matter of which of those teams wants to be one through four. So the next six teams are jumbled together with only three games difference between them from from uh, five to ten. Dallas is at eight with only one and a half games lead on the Warriors and two games on the Lakers. They have been playing really well recently, seven and three in the last ten. So I don't see these two high-profile teams overtaking that eight spot. Maybe Sacramento, who is five and five in the last ten can drop all the way to the bottom half of the plane. What do you think? Well, I mean, the problem is the Mavericks lost today to the 76ers, right? Not, so yeah. that's not uh, in here. Yeah. So, yeah. So the Mavericks are now 34 and 27. So they're tied with the Warriors in the loss column. Um, it, the, these teams are really going to be weird. Like I expect Phoenix to finish about what they are about six. Um, New Orleans, I never know what to do with New Orleans, honestly. Um, but for the play-in squads, like, yeah, Dallas and Golden State and Los Angeles, that feels like the, the 7, 8, 9, and 10 feels pretty close. Um, uh, the Kings could always go on a run. They've got the offense to do it. Um, but all those teams play about the same kind of basketball. Uh, it's it's really hard to figure out who's going to put it together when they all have significant weaknesses. That means that's why they can't put it together. But I will say this. None of these squads have have had a losing record in the last 10 games. You see that last 10. None of them have a losing record in the last 10. They're all playing well. So I don't I don't know how to judge where the fallout is going to be between five and 10 because everyone is doing what they're supposed to do. Yes, the the Lakers lost to us. The Golden State Warriors lost to us. The Kings lost to us. We're the, we're the defending champions. That doesn't mean anything. They're, like, they're supposed to lose to they're us. They're supposed yeah. to lose those games. <laughs> like, I, I can't make any hay with that. Like, that doesn't, that's not reflective about who they are, especially in relation to each other. So, uh, for me, this is going to be really interesting to see. Because you could either wind up drawing Denver, um, who has massive playoff success, or the Clippers, who don't have that level of success. So, like, yeah, I, I can, I'm not uh, saying that teams are going to try to lose their way into a matchup with or without one of those squads, but I could see it. I could see, I could see teams trying to pull a better first round from below. It happened to Denver way back in the Carmelo era. There was uh, a team's loss to get to us so they could beat us because the Nuggets had no first-round success. And I could see that happening with people trying to get away from Denver this year. Yeah, so if you look at the top three teams, I'm guessing you would like for the Nuggets 
to finish as a top seed because you know that that helps. Oh yeah. If you, if you if you have the home court advantage up until the finals, that's that's swell. But what do you think is the most realistic spot for the Nuggets for the playoffs since they still need to play the Timberwolves three times? Right. And they've already lost their series against OKC. Yep. Where do you see them most realistically? I I still kind of expect Denver to be second in the in the conference. Um just because they're not going to want to show their hand to the Timberwolves in case they play them in the playoffs. Whereas the Timberwolves want the number 1 seed, the Nuggets feel like they can go on the road and get it, it'll be fine. I could very much see the Timberwolves pulling out a number 1 seed and the Nuggets going into their house with all the information they got from playing the Timberwolves and beating them down. I could totally see that happening. That that to me that's where we're starting to talk about chess and what what kind of things you want to reveal or not reveal to playoff teams you might see in the conference finals. So I, I could see that being being something where the Timberwolves would win the West, but the Nuggets got the advantage they wanted from the info they got. So basically the Nuggets would then play the best team of the play-in, the number seven team. Right. And let's pretend it's just these four teams in competition, Sacramento, Dallas, Golden State, Los Angeles. What would be your preferred and what would be the most realistic? I mean, obviously, the, I want to play first. the Lakers again. I just, I, <laughs> that, that just Bring makes me happy. On. Yeah, I just, I want to keep making it painful for them. I just, I do. It's, it's, I know it's unfair and it's, uh, you know, that they have no shot, but it makes me laugh. So that, that would make me happy. Um, as far as who I don't want to see, I mean, I, I'm not scared of any of those teams. Um, I feel like the Kings could probably give it the best go. They've got they've got an offense a lot like uh, Denver's. They run, you know, um, they're kind of Denver light. Um, but the problem with being Denver light is that there's nothing they can do that can really hurt the Nuggets in a seven game squad, a seven game series. You're not doing that. Dallas has Luca, but that's pretty much all they've got. Um, and as much fun as it would be to see like Jokic. Um, have to send Luca home. Like, uh, I, I don't think Dallas has enough to hang. They don't have the coaching either. So from my point of view, Sacramento's probably the, the team that might be able to take a game, two games. But uh, I don't think anybody else is going to take a game off of the Nuggets. You have a good take on the Sacramento Kings when you, when you say they're, they're kind of a discount Denver. And, yeah. you know, I, I always sound like a hater, even though I really respect uh, Sabonis Jr. Sabonis, even if you would say he's 90% of Nikola Jokic, you know with violins, if you have one violin that's 10% better than the other one, the better one is like 10 times more expensive. Yeah. So so this, this small difference is actually pretty huge. So yeah, I, I agree with you that... Uh, I mean, Jamal would probably have a pretty uh, good matchup with Darren Fox because Fox has been really, really good. Fox is a really talented season. guy, yep. Yeah, and he, he was probably a better player than Jamal so far this regular season. So it would be it would be a, a challenge for Jamal. Okay, so let's say, let's fix Denver at 2 and at 7, let's put there. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I, I would like to see Golden State. 
I, I, I would like to see Golden. I mean, I don't I don't care. It's it's not a big deal, really. Uh, I mean, it's either the best or the second best team of the play playing. Like, it's not right. like there are great teams there. I would really like to see Golden State Warriors in the first round. It's just because I kind of think that the Lakers, they just don't get it. They don't understand why they right. keep losing to the Nuggets. And Warriors might be smarter than that. And maybe if we would like sweep the Warriors, they would just give up on the on the old core. And I still <laughs> believe that they have something in their tanks still, uh, right. unlike the Lakers. So I don't know. It's just I'm just looking at this. Uh, all at of this, those will be like I said. They're all going to be fun first round matchups. Yeah. Like I think those will all be fun games for Denver fans to watch. So um, tell me, my, my only concern with Golden State is that Jamal got hurt in that damn arena. And I don't want to go back there for any important reason. Yeah. So, um, Minnesota Timberwolves, are they favorite against any playing team? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I, I, well, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to imagine Golden State dealing with the size of the Timberwolves <laughs> for like all those games. <laughs> I don't know how they'd pull that off. Yeah. So, you can say Minnesota and Denver going straight to the second round. What about what about the Clippers and OKC? Um, OKC I think goes to the second without an issue. They're just they're really good and they'll have home court. Um, even though they don't have the experience, um, experience doesn't matter when you're that much better than the other squad. So <laughs> I I wouldn't necessarily be concerned with them. Like the only team that could give them trouble might be Phoenix. Um, but I would say that I, I, I would probably, mm, yeah, I think it's probably uh, a lock for the Thunder to get through the first, no matter what. So the fourth team then would be either the Clippers or, or the Suns. I don't think you, I, do you believe in New Orleans at all? No, I don't. I think, I think Clippers and Phoenix feels like the matchup at four five to me. It just does. So if that's what happens, then I think the Clippers are going to be in trouble. But we'll see. Okay, we will we will meet up again in, in a couple of months just to see how wrong we were today. There we go. <laughs> to reevaluate re what we what we said today, and just to continue on from second round on to see if we can guess anything. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> I'm guessing. Okay. Guys, uh, thank you a lot for hanging out with us. Thank you, Gordon, for spending an hour well, on, on, on a Sunday, no less, with me. Uh, and as I said last time around, I'm trying out a new thing. I'm ending the show with a random Nuggets player from the Jokic era. So until we meet next time, James Ennis. <laughs>